from the Mercy One Studio. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Menno is in session. And good Thursday morning from the Mercy One Studio in West Des Moines. I'm Deacon Mike Mano. I'm here with Gina No. How are you this morning, Gina? I'm doing well. Good. Nice to be here. And and it's uh, we have a nice day out. Oh uh, yes, it's it, nice not being confined to our home under under house arrest, so, <laughs> as it were. We can actually get out and do things these days. That's nice. It it's, is. It's been. This is my favorite kind of weather. Yeah, yeah. I like this. Now, fall. You know, with the pigskin in the air and things like that. You know, I've always liked fall, too, but I think spring is the nicest time. Summer is too hot. Winter is too cold. So at least we have two seasons that we can enjoy. <laughs> I would highly agree with that assessment. Um, so I heard you went to your first mass, we, we had our, official group mass. Right. Now, I have been at a couple of the tape masses that they did for... At, at St. Augustine, what they were doing is Father Vince would be taping his Sunday mass on Thursday. And so the deacons would go in occasionally when we were called uh, to uh, do readings, to do the readings. So they didn't have readers come sure. in. It was the deacons that did all of that. And so I did a couple of those. But last night we had our first public mass. And uh, it was a little different. Um, the uh, Father Vince and I sat across the room from one another. Uh, you were me, on the altar? Well, I was on the altar. Um, I, I vested in heavy vestments, <laughs> and it was hot in there. I should have just gone with the stole in the So out. there's yeah. been no people, and so they shut the air conditioning yeah, off. Yeah, so they that shut the air conditioner off. Well, okay. you know, it's only the deacon up there. <laughs> he sure. sure can sweat him out. Uh, he needs to lose a few pounds. for <laughs> But anyway, um, it, I, I did the readings, uh, both the readings, because it was a weekday mass. So there's only two readings, a gospel and an Old Testament reading. So I did the readings, sure. and, uh, and then basically I just sat to the side we didn't want to have a whole lot of uh, contact on the altar uh, so uh, father vince did everything i didn't have to bring anything no up altar to servers no altar servers or mm-hmm. anything and then uh there were not that many people there so it was just father vince that distributed communion and of course he put on the mask uh f- to distribute communion as most of the people in the church had on mask and then they pulled them down to get the host and consumed it but it was it was it was a mass, but it was not like any mass that I had been to recently, <laughs> uh, other than sitting at home and watching them on TV. It probably felt very sparse, I imagine, not very many people and very spread out in the congregation. Well, yeah, we have a lot of room to spread out, mm-hmm. so we're not limited really to just a few people. So for can, communion, was everybody like six feet from the next person? Yeah, they kind of controlled came down the them aisle. coming in. There was just one line, and uh, and, and it went quite well. Uh, I would say there were an, uh, enough people there that would have been uh, there for a normal weekday mass when I've been at the weekday masses. Uh, more more than for a communion service. You know, sometimes the deacons do a communion service. We haven't done right. one in a while, but uh, it used to be I wouldn't be a priest there on Monday, so we do communion services. Well, the attendance went way down on those. <laughs> going to the, just see the deacon <laughs> distribute communion isn't a big deal. They want to go to the mass. So uh, it was about the size of a normal Weekday mass. Wonderful. Yeah. 
And, but it was nice to be back. It was nice to receive the sacrament, you Very know, good. because we most we people have received. We, we have that. missed it. We've we missed have missed that. having that have. connection to our Lord. The um, I noticed that our guest from last week was talking about the um, uh, America needs Fatima. America needs Fatima. R- right, R- R- Richie, Mr. Richie. Yeah, he talked Robert about Richie. Robert Ritchie. He talked about rosaries being said at the capitals throughout the the United States. um, We're coming up. Yes, I heard that Iowa is this Saturday. Do you have the details? Yeah, I've got it right there for you. um, Let's see. You brought this in. It says that the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property launched their rosary crusade to restore America to order. Now, that's the umbrella organization America Needs Fatima. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. I see. So the crusade travels with the statues of Our Lady of Fatima throughout the country. And this weekend plans to hold a rosary rally at the Des Moines Capitol uh, Sunday, June 20th at 4 p.m. We're asking. Is it Sunday or is it Saturday? I'm so sorry. It is Saturday, Saturday June right. 20 at 4 p.m. Oh, I put it in my calendar Sunday. Okay, Saturday, June 20 on the Capitol steps. Um, they're ask, we're asking Her Immaculate Heart Mary to triumph in America to cover the country with her blessings. So um, if you need to learn any more, tfp.org, tfp.org will help you find more about the Rosary Campaigns to Restore America. She is the patron of the Americas and uh, a wonderful person to um, ask to intercede for us at this time in the United States. Look what's going on. No better intercessor. When I do my uh, weekly um, hour of adoration with my wife, I light two candles afterwards, one in front of St. Joseph, who is the protector of the church. With the church being in as much trouble as it is right now, I ask him to, you know, do your thing, (laughs) St. Joseph. Protect our church. We need you now. And then I light one in front of Mary, ask her, protect our country. Because we, if you look, there's very parallel things going on in the church and in the country as far as the polarization and all that that's going on. And we need that to end. And there's no uh, easier, well, not easy, but there's no better way to do that than to seek help from those in heaven who can help us. And St. Joseph and St. Mary, uh, the Blessed Mother, are the two of the most powerful people there, I would presume. I know Mary is, and so we would I hope like that. I like that ritual. You, that's, yeah, yeah, that's very, what very I do. good. That's what I do. Well, I have a prayer for peace today to start our program, which I think is real appropriate, I think it's given appropriate your information time, right? yeah. on what's going on in the church and our world. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all men and women, and peace among the nations of the earth. Turn to your way of love, those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us in hope and give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Gina. Uh, We are going to take a short break right now. When we come back, uh, we're going to have a discussion here that you might want to join in on or have a question for. Uh, Our text number is 223-1150. It's 515-223-1150. If you want to join in with a question or a comment, we'll be happy to take those here. Uh, We will be right back with uh, Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio in just three minutes after these messages.
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. The coronavirus has impacted lives in Iowa and around the world. This is especially true in rural South Africa, where COVID-19 restrictions have led to vulnerable children being hospitalized due to starvation. To combat this hunger, Blessman International now offers a program called One Child at a Time. You can sponsor a child in South Africa for $1 a day. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. BlessmanInternational.org. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports 365 is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling Catholic graduate, and Dr. Todd Pedig. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, online at ashworthvision.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. And this is Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, and uh, we are back. And unfortunately, we had a guest that was scheduled to join us, uh, Jamel Jaffer, who is a professor of law at Anton Scalia School of Law at George Mason University. But uh, uh, Jaffer was called out on us, and um, he had to go to another meeting. And considering the fact that he's a former associate counsel to the president of the United States... I figure it's an important meeting, <laughs> and so we won't. We, and we he, we've had him here before, Not and that he's a good guy. Faith on trial isn't incredibly important, but we'll let it was Jamel the top of it. his priority list. But <laughs> I understand, you know, when the White House or whoever calls, you know, <laughs> president of the university, that, right. the president of the university, or, or the Pope, or somebody called him, and uh, unfortunately, uh, that was a last minute. Uh, cancellation for us but we are here and we can talk about some of the cases that uh, he was going to talk about with us uh, as they're uh, getting ready for uh, some more court cases see we're in that period right now where a lot of 
cases from the Supreme Court are being handed down. And there was one that was handed down this morning. I haven't got all the details on it, but it had to do with the DACA folks. The uh, Dreamers. The Dreamers that um, Obama had a um, executive order for. Sure. And then Trump tried to redo that. And it sounds like just a little bit I picked up on Trump's order was thrown out because apparently procedurally it may have been done incorrectly. So we will see. I'll know more about that when I get home and get on the Internet. And, but and read this is things. one of the reasons we like to talk to Jamel is because he understands the inner workings of what's going on administratively in the Supreme Court with this whole pandemic. They right. were shut down for a number of weeks and then decided to hear oral cases via phone, mm-hmm. um, not in the court itself. So I um, was anxious to find out how that's all working for them. But they Issued a got a court case that was done. It was a go meet, uh, go to meeting uh, done. thing done with the judges. And uh, and what happened was uh, the all the three attorneys that were there, we all could see ourselves in the little pictures on the screen. And then the judge was there, and the witnesses were there. And uh, fortunately, it was a non-controversial thing. Everybody kind of agreed on what needed to be done in that case. And uh, and so we went through the motions, though, of you know having the hearing, calling the witnesses, cross-examining the witnesses, making the arguments, all that. And it worked out just fine. It worked out just fine. As long as technology uh, it, is yeah. participating. But then yesterday, our, our, uh, at home, uh, our computers went down. Something, I think, it, it, with um, uh, CenturyLink, everything went down. The phones went down. Everything went down. And uh, so um, <laughs> when things like that happen, I guess you're at the... That's right. So that's what I wanted to know, how that was all working out for the... Uh, but we'll have him back to talk about that. He's a good guy. He will the, be back. Yeah. The case we were going to discuss with him um, deals with um, employment by religious organizations. Right. The uh, oral arguments were heard a number of weeks ago in one of the first uh, f- telephonic oral argument cases, mm-hmm. um, Our Lady of Guadalupe and um, St. James uh, School. Right. They combined two cases. Right. And and just as the case that they handed down on Monday uh, about the... Uh, gay rights in, in employment and that right. uh, was a consolidation of three cases. And that's what the Supreme Court would do many times is they'll get very similar cases that will come up. Sometimes they're there because there's a split in the circuit. The circuit courts of appeal, which are the level courts below the Supreme Court, sure. have have divided in how they handle similar issues. And so the Supreme Court will consolidate those cases, bring them up for the Supreme Court. The idea there is then you get a uniform application of law throughout the country. If you allow these, these uh, uh, court of appeals cases to stand, and they're all standing for different propositions, uh, then you have uh, what may be legal in the uh, Fifth Circuit is not legal in the Eighth Circuit. So you have uh, a country that's divided up and their different laws apply, or the same law applies differently in different places. So that's one of the things that the Supreme Court will look at when they're deciding whether or not to take a case, because, you know, the Supreme Court doesn't have to take a case. Exactly. And so they will look, and if there's a split in the circuits, uh, then it's more likely, I think, that they will take your case so that they can combine those and give a uniform legal application across the country. So, and I think uh, these cases that you talk, well, the cases that you're talking about, I think both came from California. The cases that we had on Monday came from different circuits. Yes. All right, but these two cases that you're talking about had to do with whether or not a, a private, or in, in, in both cases, a Catholic school can terminate um, uh, teachers 
from their positions sure. uh, without going through, uh, well, I don't want to say due process because it's not a due process issue, uh, but in, in violation of other civil rights statutes. Okay. Exactly. So, in other words, a question will come up, and I don't think this is involved in either of these. But the question will come up: What happens? What happens if you have a teacher in a Catholic school that now decides that, that he is really a she and, and comes to school dressed as a woman, and uh, and wants to teach that way? Well, there are laws that, and as we found out on Monday with the Supreme Court decision, there are laws that protect that person. Uh, as uh, uh, with their status as transgender or gay or homosexual, whatever, that they can be protected. Are those same protections in place for parochial, stu- or parochial school right. uh, teachers and staff members? And thus far, the courts have r- ruled on what is known as the ministerial doctrine. In other words, if these people are considered ministers of your church then the court has no say on who you hire or who you fire. None of these uh, protections apply, okay, because your uh, church is entitled to choose its own ministers. But only based on the, the teachings of the faith or? Right. Okay, so. Well, but, well, but see the, Based on race, could someone be fired the, under those? Well, here's the, here's the tricky part of it. The court is not going to get in to determine whether or not what you're claiming is actually correct in your faith. Right, right. exactly. I understand that. <clears throat> so what's going to happen then is a question is going to be when, when this person shows up to teach and he is now dressed as a she, uh, does the ministerial exception apply or not? I see. So, um, and that's what they the arguments a few weeks ago dealt with in this case of Our Lady of Guadalupe and St. James School out of California. Right. When they let two teachers go and right. the teacher sued. In, in, in both those cases, as I recall, and I think you've got them in front of you, uh, in both those cases what had happened was uh, teaching contracts were not renewed. And and they are claiming, uh, the, the plaintiffs who are suing the schools are claiming you know, you're you're not renewing our contract because I forget one was ill and it was an age thing, and uh, I don't think w- we had anything to do with lesbian or gay or transgender no, in that. There these wasn't. cases, but they were both let go, and as and as I recall in the cases, both of them uh, had teaching contracts that were like year long contracts, right. and then in both cases they were not renewed. Now, the background in those cases are that some courts have held that you have a property interest in a year-to-year contract that's renewed every year. Once that contract's been renewed a couple of times, kind of on an automatic basis, you've got an interest in seeing that that contract is renewed and it can't be not renewed for improper reasons. Okay, okay. Because of the sex of the person or the age or the, you know, whatever. So this is where these cases are coming from. The schools are coming back and saying, wait a second, we have a ministerial exception here because these people are involved in teaching catechism, in sure. effect. Right, and ministering the, to the faith. Right, and as a uh, somebody who is teaching catechism, they're ministers you know, of sure. our faith. And there have been cases that have come up before 
uh, where the people are clearly designated as some type of a minister. And this happens a lot in Protestant churches where they will have, well, this person, we're going to consider this person to be the youth and evangelical minister, you know, sure. or this person is going to be the junior pastor or whatever. And, uh, and so they have titles. In the Catholic Church, we don't have titles for these people. You know, they're just teachers, you know. Question is going to come up later. Well, you know, what happens if this person is the janitor? You know, is that, are, are, are we considering that person to be a minister too? Sure. And, uh, and so that's what these cases revolve around. And it looked at least in, until uh, this past week that the schools are probably going to win on these things. Okay, because there is a component in each of these cases where these people are involved in teaching faith may only be, you know, one block of instruction a week that they're teaching, sure. you know, but they're still involved in teaching faith. And if they're doing that, then they should be considered ministers. And if they are ministers, then that's up to the church, not to the courts to decide. And that's been the, the rule thus far. And and so there's, uh, I, I'm hearing you say there's kind of a dual purpose to this particular case. Who is a minister? And can you... Um, Re, um, elect not to renew a contract or to fire someone based on their efforts in following the faith. Right, and I think in one of the instances they had determined that the person, uh, while they were doing their job, wasn't doing it very well. And 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 the, the kids that were in that class of instruction were falling behind other classes. So there was a pragmatic uh, reason, for, reason the, for that. For yeah. the, but the effect of the case will be precedent for all a realm of reasons to um, take a minister at, of the church, yeah. quote unquote. Well, and the ministerial exception has been precedent, okay? But it's what kind of exceptions may they want to carve out of that? You know, it's just like Roe versus Wade. You know, that was the that was the uh, precedent of the Supreme Court. What do you see happening to that? Well. Over the years, there's been a little chip here and a little chip sure. there. And so there's exceptions. And at some point in time, when you're overturning Supreme Court precedences, you're doing it m mainly through chipping away. So where the exceptions then take the place of the rule. I see. And, yeah. So a janitor, we talked about um, in prepping for the show, if a janitor is n not representing the f Catholic faith while mm -hmm. he's or she's um, ministering to the building and the students in the building, they could be let go under this ministerial well, uh, exception. Well, th that's going to be something that's going to be argued later. But my uh, first response to that is uh, the school itself is the ministry. And if you are in that ministry, in any position in that ministry, that is acting opposed to that ministry, Okay. Okay. Then you're subject to being terminated, and the ministerial exception should. But that hasn't clearly been decided yet, it, and it's not this. part of this particular it, it case. It was not part of Saint this James case. and Guadalupe. Now, this case, uh, and I don't know how it may be affected by what was decided on Monday. Well, let's talk about what does what, what was what was decided on Monday. Okay. In Monday, there were a couple of cases. Again, this is the three cases that were consolidated where uh, people who were uh, transgender or homosexual were fired from their jobs because Be of their status as a homosexual or transgender. 
in two of the three cases that came up, it, I think it was pretty clear that the employer was wrong and that just because a guy, and, and one of them, they found out about his homosexuality because he played for gay men's softball league or something like that. And he, I, and he worked for the city. I don't know what he That's what I told yeah, you. When yeah. I read that case, I thought, well, of course he has rights. He has a, that right, are, he has a right to a job. Right. It wasn't like it affected what he did. Right, right. And, but the one that I was concerned about, and I had written about this before, and I was so wrong on what the court was going to do on it, uh, involved a funeral director, or I, I guess you call him funeral director. He didn't own the funeral home. Right. But he had the, worked in this place as a funeral director for like seven years, mm-hmm. and he had a good record. All of a sudden, he comes in and he tells his employer one day that uh, I'm going to transition from male to female, and in order to do that, I've got to spend the first year acting as a female, dressed as a female. So I'm going to come in uh, starting Monday or whenever. I'm going to come in, I'm going to be dressed as a female, and I'm going to deal with... And if you're the director, say, whoa, 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 <laughs> wait a second. We're, d- we're dealing with bereaved families here. And this is kind of a religious thing for people. You know, they want to they wanna be comforted in the time of their need. And there's a religious component to what we do. And I don't want you coming in dressed that way. And he said, well, he was going to. He's going to follow the female dress code <laughs> that the funeral home had. Uh, but the funeral director finally said, no, I, I, we can't have that here. That was one of the three cases that was taken up. On Monday. On Monday, and and they lost. Okay, The now, funeral home the lost. The funeral home and, mm-hmm. the other, and the other guys that should right. have lost, lost. Right. Okay, uh, And I was surprised because Neil Gorsuch, who is one of Trump's appointees, wrote the opinion. And he wrote a, uh, well, fairly lengthy, moderately lengthy uh, uh, opinion, as a lot of them do. It was very conversational in tone. You know, it was like you and I are talking and here's my thinking. And he did a good job of making his argument, but I don't think the argument was correct. What they said was that there is uh, that, uh, people who are transgendered, people who are homosexual, have protection under the civil rights law, which says that you cannot discriminate on the basis of color, race, creed, sex, or national origin. So what they have done, in effect, is they've taken the word sex, and they've now turned that into gender identity. Which originally, the word sex referred to male, female. You cannot discriminate based on your natural born. Right, sex. But now what they're saying is, well, we're going to look beyond sex, and we're going to look at gender identity, because if you are deciding that you're female when you're male, that's really sex, okay? And so they've expanded the version of it. Now, here's the, the troubling aspect of that case, is that in the Civil Rights Act that they were referring to, there have been numerous attempts by Congress to amend the law to say sex included or did not include mm-hmm. gender identity. None of those ca- cases or none of those bills passed. And so Congress itself never amended the law to include gender identity, transgenderism. Right, they've been trying, but it has not been successful. And so you would think now that the court would sit there and say, wait a second, this is what Congress said in 1964, sex. Now they've tried to amend it so that sex means something else. They didn't. So now we're supposed to change it, and that's kind of exactly what they did. And that's 
case is going to be problematic. But they specifically pointed out that this does not affect the case that we began this conversation with because it's it didn't address religious the exceptions for religious liberties. But Gorsuch did point out that the case with the funeral home, they did argue that unsuccessfully, right. which, well, why aren't we looking at that again? Why aren't you reviewing that? Right. Uh, but anyway, that's what we have. And so we'll, we'll go have somebody next week, and we're going to talk further on this particular case. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, that takes care of... Uh, our first guest, yeah. <laughs> I guess. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break right now. We're going to come back with our next guest in about three minutes. This is Faith on Trial, Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. According to a 2019 Global Food Security Report, more than 820 million people in the world are hungry today. None of us can help all of them. Most of us can help one. One child. Your gift of $1 a day through Blessman International provides a child in South Africa with a daily hot meal, place of safety, educational experience, and spiritual development. To get started, go to BlessmanInternational.org and click Sponsor a Child. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. The American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family and Property has launched a Rosary Crusade to restore America to order. The Rosary Crusade travels with statues of Our Lady of Fatima throughout the country with plans to hold a Rosary Rally in Des Moines this Saturday, June 20th at 4 p.m. on the Capitol steps, asking her Immaculate Heart to triumph in America and asking her to cover the country with her blessings. Learn more about the Rosary Caravan at tfp.org and search for the Rosary Campaign to Restore America. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports 365 is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling Catholic graduate, and Dr. Todd Pedig. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, online at ashworthvision.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Hot this afternoon will be in the upper 80s with sunshine. And then we have a cold front that will be arriving by late tonight, bringing some showers and thunderstorms are low in the upper 60s. It'll be a lot cooler tomorrow. Scattered showers and a few thunderstorms, cloudy skies, and are high in the upper 70s. The weather is brought to you by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. 
And welcome back. This is Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Uh, Kathy Ruse is a senior fellow and director of human dignity at the Family Research Council, and she's written a pamphlet called The Sex Education in Public Schools, a real eye-opener. Kathy, uh, welcome to our program. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I I looked at this uh, brochure that you uh, put together, and uh, sometime before we get off the air, I want to tell people how to get their own copy of it or download it. Uh, but it's not for the faint of heart. Um, it, it lays things out pretty starkly. So uh, w- let's start off just, if you can, give us kind of the elevator version of what uh, what it all says. Well, I wrote the brochure because I, as a mom, um, had no idea what sex education today really involved. And I'm sure that many, many parents are in the dark as well. Um, but there has been a profound change in sex education in, uh, from 30, 40 years ago to today. Uh, today, um, there is an agenda-driven curriculum that sexualizes children, promotes the concept of sexual rights on the part of kids, and it promotes a radical sexual idea- ideology for youth. It's very politicized, um, and uh, parents need to know what's going on in their public schools. My own children go to Catholic schools, so I really wasn't focused on the public schools until I started hearing reports about our local schools letting boys in the girls' bathrooms and showers, which got my attention. Um, And part of my brochure talks about the transgender mandates that are now being pushed in public schools, which is also terribly destructive. So there's a lot going on that people need to look at. Yeah, let's talk about some of those transgender mandates that you found. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what, what's happening is um, these national and international pressure groups are pushing public schools to change their policies so that they will have a quote-unquote safe environment for all students. And some of those policy changes are terribly harmful to kids. One of them is school-wide affirmation of a child's transgender identity, which really means everybody in the school, teachers and students alike, must lie to a child who might be confused about his sex and tell him he is the opposite sex. Um, It involves opening all girls' private spaces to boys, not only bathrooms. Bathrooms are what the other side likes to talk about, but it's well beyond bathrooms, showers, locker rooms. In my own county of Fairfax County, boys, there's no medical certificate. There's nothing that has to be provided. A boy announces he uh, feels like a girl, he gets to shower with the girls in Fairfax County Public Schools. So it's, it's, it's terribly uh, nonsensical, it's anti-science, and it's harmful. Sports Demonic, teams I would now, call it. but uh. Well, <laughs> that has, thought has occurred to me as well. Sports teams. We have, I've heard parents pleading with bo- the school board in my county to protect their, um, their petite daughters from having to face off against larger, stronger boys on the sports field. The school board turns a deaf ear to that. Um, and then finally, the use of pronouns, which I hope to have a, to, a little time to talk with you about today. The pronoun police is a very serious, serious matter for all Catholics, all Christians, all people of any religion. Go ahead. Uh, tell us a little more well, about Well, and the police. reason is, yes, when schools force Christians to uh, use false pronouns for others or to announce their own pronouns as if there are other options that would be used, What that's doing really is forcing Christians to deny the purposeful creation of God. 
it's forcing Christians to deny God himself. Um, and it's forcing, it's a forced conversion to another religion, is my position, to a, a, um, a sexual nihilism um, that Catholics don't believe. I'm Catholic. No Christian uh, denomination believes in this. Well, there's some may, maybe, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I can't account, I can't speak for what all denominations we know who they are. Christians. <laughs> but right, okay, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes. This is not, right. um, this is not what we believe. And so forcing kids to make those kinds of acclamations is really a forced conversion. It's horrible. And I love your description that it's another religion, you know, and words matter. We're, I, if we're not learning anything these days, it's definitely that words matter. Words matter, and we have words being erased from curriculum, um, like the words Newspeak. male and female yeah. are being erased from sex ed curricula and replaced with a, with a phrase called sex assigned at birth, which is nothing more than transgender propaganda, I, and it I, promotes the idea that children can be born in the wrong bodies, which is demonic. I had no idea they were doing that in the curriculum, assigned at birth, not, not identified at birth, but assigned at birth. Yeah, assigned at birth, changeable. It all supports the idea that um, that you don't have a real sex, that you can choose your sex, you can change your sex, that girls can have a penis, that you can be born in the wrong body. Um, it's um, Some people say, and I think this is right, well, the American College of Pediatricians calls it psychological child, child abuse, and I believe they're 100% right if you're teaching kids this kind of thing. And it's also certainly to get kids off balance and to tell them they can't trust reality, they can't trust anything they see with their own eyes, nothing is real anymore. It's a sinister uh, propaganda effort, and it is being backed by really powerful, really rich organizations like the Southern Poverty Law Center, for instance. Oh, like we know those the folks. Human, mm -hmm. Right, and the Human Rights Campaign and Planned Parenthood. All of these groups are now in the sex ed racket because it is a tool for them to change the culture of a school radically and really to change the understanding of the human person. Well, and so it's I, way bigger than just sex ed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. A lot of these issues we've noticed when we study them closer um, are promoted because of money. And these organizations are able to raise grand amounts of money by getting on the train and, and, and moving along with, with the culture. Yes. And, and there's another actor that people might not suspect is, Sinister, and that is the National Education Association, the nation's largest teacher lobby. I've just learned recently promises money to schools if they set up clubs for students called GSA clubs, which used to stand for Gay Straight Alliance, but now they've changed to Gender Sexuality Alliance. These clubs are ground zero for recruitment of kids into these lifestyles. They're poisonous to a school's culture, and here we have the NEA saying, we'll give you money if you set up these clubs. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a lot about money. Um, the um, Teaching Tolerance, the SPLC, has mailed a packet to every single principal in the nation called Best Practices, and it teaches principals how to make sure that your prom is trans-inclusive and how to have a queer school culture. Can you imagine the money involved in sending a slick program to every principal in the nation. It's, it's mind-blowing how much money these groups have, and they're using it in this way. I'm thinking offhand of the name of one individual <laughs> who I think might be uh, bankrolling a lot of this, uh, but uh, 
let's talk about some of these things that they've been doing in the schools and, and that you mentioned in your brochure about how they uh, normalize um, how, I guess the easiest way to put it, since we're on the radio and it's a family program, yeah. is unconventional sex. Well, yes, it's difficult to talk about this on the radio, and that's why we had a, we have a warning in at the beginning of my brochure. But it has to be it has to be told. So, um, one quote I like to give that kind of sums it up is a quote that Planned Parenthood is advice that Planned Parenthood uses um, for children, and they tell children that um, there's nothing bad or unhealthy about having a big number of sexual partners. That's their advice to kids. They have um, a program called Get Real, which many, too many schools have adopted, with lessons for sixth graders on how to go to the grocery store and use cling wrap as a dental dam for a particular sex act. They have um, schools in California and elsewhere. Our um, teachers are being told that they must include same-sex examples in their scenarios in um for sex ed, we've got some I can't talk about on the radio. Um, well, let's talk about that for just that, a minute, that that you can't yeah. talk about. Uh, you've got a brochure that people can get a hold of. What would be the <laughs> easiest way for parents to uh, to get a copy of that brochure? Yes, thank you. It's at um, uh, frc.org slash sex education. So it's our Family Research Council website, frc.org forward slash sex education. And, and we also have an yeah. I want to point out that the brochure, if, if if you can't stomach the material because it is very difficult to read, I do want to encourage um, individuals to still go to the back. Um, it's very helpful in that it has you know over ten pages of resources that um, people of faith can use to defeat or better understand or see who's defending um, natural normal mm-hmm. sex education. Yes, we did want to make sure to put some resources in parents' hands. And I would say the brochure is for policymakers and parents, but I really did write it with parents in mind. And I give, I suggest about five action steps that can be taken, one of which is um, we have developed at Family Research Council what we call a universal opt-out, which is a letter that parents can send to their schools every year saying, I do not consent uh, to my child participating in any of these sex-based activities, whether it's sex ed lessons or beyond. We're seeing these kinds of things crop up in school assemblies and special celebrations that the whole school does. But if you put the school on notice every year, just send the letter so there's a, year, there's a letter in the file of your child every year saying, we don't consent. That, that's going to send a strong message, and that gives you um, something to go back on if uh, the school doesn't obey your wishes as a parent. Now, there are um, but some there's districts thing, yeah. that have been telling their students that you don't tell these things to your parents. I think there was a, yes. a case in Washington State where they told them, um, you don't tell your parents what's going on, but if you feel that you're a girl instead of a boy, we'll, we'll call you by whatever name you want during school hours, uh, but, uh, and we'll call you she instead of he or whatever gender designation pronoun you want right. to use, uh, but don't tell your parents. Are you, uh, have you found some of that, too? Absolutely. And um, the Human Rights Campaign um, is, uh, puts out sample model policies um, that, talk, that tell schools to do things that way, as does GLSEN, the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, 
even admitted to the Washington Post that their transgender mandate policies that they consider schools in California and Virginia, the lab, their laboratories for these um, policies, which I like to cite all the time because I say that makes kids the lab rats. And that's exactly what's going on with some of these things. It's a social experimentation on other people's children. In Fairfax County, where I live, only one school board member had a child in the public school system when they decided to impose all this on the kids. So they really are experimenting with other, people ki- other people's kids. Have you, and, um, yeah. have you found at all that any of these curriculums that are over the top with information that is not age appropriate, do any of them also include tools that help the students learn to avoid or postpone being sexually active? Well, that's a great question. Um, most states, by state law, actually require that any sex ed program include the abstinence message. But just because it's in state law doesn't mean that the people writing the lessons or providing the lessons are going to honor that law. And we discovered here in Fairfax, and this is not a, the only place, that uh, parents see a summary of, an, um, of a lesson that's called abstinence. And, in fact, the summary in Fairfax even says that, uh, that, that students will be learning about abstinence until marriage. But when we went to look at the actual script of the lessons, the word marriage doesn't appear anywhere, even once. And instead, the lessons are telling kids to wait to have sex until their, until their next steady boyfriend or girlfriend. The language they use is, Quote, the best choice for teenagers is to abstain from sexual activity until they're in a mutually monogamous relationship, end quote. So what is a 13-year-old going to, what's the takeaway there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's outrageous. So, so this is, parents are being deceived, and they can't rely on the summaries that are being made available to them about the lessons. They have to read every single word. They have to watch every video and look at every slide to see what's going on, and that can be difficult in my county, there are over 70 hours of sex ed per child. 70 hours that every child has to endure in the public school systems here. Can you imagine the mischief that's going on with that many hours? Um, so, yes, it's loaded up with a bunch of junk. And, um, you know, what I've come to believe, I hate to say it, but that, they, that, the, that the people promoting this really see the parents as the enemy. You feel like you're the enemy just trying to get in and, and find out what's going on, and they don't want you to know. <laughs> so it's terrible, um, and that's why there's, um, it's just past time for parents to, you've got to dig into what's going on. At your, and look, at your local schools, you, we're all paying for this. Every bit of what's in my brochure that's so difficult to read is being paid for by you the and me. Even if sure. we don't send our kids to those schools, we're sending our tax dollars there. Sure, so it's important to be involved. I think it's important for every parent to get a copy of this uh, brochure. I will tell you, though, that it is difficult to read, um, especially if you have any sensibility about you for some of this stuff. Uh, what uh, she's pointing out in this, and, and we kind of knew that a lot of this was going on, Gina, because you and I have had Well, I thought it was just in the California yeah, schools, honestly. Yeah, we thought it was California <laughs> or on the coast. And, uh, no, it's all over, and uh, it's, it's, it's sickening, and, uh, but... Every parent, I think, Kathy, uh, regardless of whether they have a weak stomach or not, uh, this should be required reading for them. They should know exactly what is going on because it's their children, it's the next generation that's being corrupted uh, by what really is a demonic movement, I think. 
Well, and it's abusive. abusive I think it's right. abusive mm-hmm. to the children. Kathy. Yeah, and you're right to say it's the next generation. It's like we have these radical school boards that are running America's public schools, and they're shaping the next generation of Americans in their image. And this is a, a sexual nihilist who reject reality and who just reject um, what their parents want them to believe and what their uh, churches teach them to believe. So it's it's really um, undoing a lot of what parents um, believe. Uh, is important for their kids, so it, it, well, on it top couldn't of be it, more important. Even if the student is w- well catechized and well educated in his faith and his uh, um, ability to understand um, sexual reproduction, it, they can't speak up. They can't contrast what the teacher is telling them. They're no, shut down. and you, what you'll see. One of the things I learned is just the the, um, the whole concept of allies. Students are really pushed to be allies of LGBT students. Um, and so there's a strong, strong, I've got examples of posters that the NEA wants to see on every classroom mm-hmm. wall that basically says if you're not an ally of the transgender movement, you're a bully. Yeah. And the kids, you know, all of this is really hard for kids to process at that age. They don't want to be mean. They don't want to be seen as a bully. There's great pressure for them to declare themselves an ally of all of this. Even if they're not themselves experimenting that way. Kathy, before we go, we're getting uh, short of time here. Why don't you give us that uh, website again where people can uh, get the bulletin and download it? Yes, thank you. And it also includes the universal opt-out, so people just know that that's there as well for you. Um, And it's frc.org forward slash sex education. Thank you very much. And sorry we're out of time. We'll have to have you back uh, later and see how this is all playing out. Kathy Roos, Senior Fellow and Director of Human Dignity at the Family Research Council. Thank you very much for being with us today. This is Faith on Tron, Iowa Catholic Radio. We'll be back in three minutes. What is the best gift ever? Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO, and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports 365 is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling Catholic graduate, and Dr. Todd Pedig. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, online at ashworthvision.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. 
Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders. You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu slash kwky. Thank you, Skeffington's Formal Wear, for sponsoring Dowling Catholic High School football. In business since 1951, Skeffington's Formal Wear offers quality service, style, and selection, providing tuxedos, suits, and casual groom attire for weddings, proms, and any other special occasion. Skeffington's Formal Wear, with convenient locations in Des Moines, West Des Moines, Davenport, Coralville, and Ankeny. All locations are family-owned and operated by members in their respective communities, fitting you for life celebrations, online at skeffingtons.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about Pharmatan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother knights to keep standing for their faith. And welcome back. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. And Gina, we had uh, quite a program today, especially with Kathy. Yeah, exactly. I, the Supreme Court is just so busy right now. I So many issues coming out of there with their backlog and then the deadlines coming up through the summer. And we're used to these caseloads coming down. Uh, and decisions, a flood of decisions, but many of them affect us as people of faith. Oh, absolutely, they do. They do. And then, um, speaking of legal cases, Kathy's describing the craziness of sex education in the schools, and, you know, there's tens of thousands of school districts throughout this country, and they're probably all doing something a little different, but it sounds like there's an organized effort to make them more uniform. Well, um, and, and there's a rift of this going on, and, and, and a lot of it is political. Uh, you know, we know so this is a re- reflection of what... N- normalizing the, the unnormal. Yeah, that's right. That's a good way to put it, I suppose. Yeah, and so there will be court cases. As we were talking about in the break, I think what will happen is you will find that uh, uh, as these... And we've seen cases before on, on these uh, issues. I think what happens is the courts are reluctant to micromanage... Uh, curriculum, uh, but I think you, if you have the right uprising, <laughs> you know, among the sure. populace, you will find courts that will uh, tend to uh, want more transparency in these matters, uh, so th- things may not be kept from parents as they are now. You know, we had the case out in, in uh, Washington where they were telling the students, uh-huh. don't tell your parents this. And, of course, as soon as you say, don't tell your parents this, and obviously one of the kids is going to tell their parents and the world is going to explode on them. Uh, but uh, you'll get somebody like the mass resistance folks that will, you know, take the bull by the horns and, and they will pack the school board meetings and that and, and sue. And make a move. And make but a move. eventually there will be a case, I think, that will really make this a little bit more uniform, don't you? I, I hope so. I hope so. But there again... Local schools are local matters, and courts don't like to micromanage things. So, do you ever think? Do you ever see these um, these curriculums seeping into our Catholic schools, portions of them, or 
Um, uh, watch Canada. Some of that is seeping into the Canadian Catholic schools because it's mandated by law, and it's either that or get shut down. So th- this is an area we do have to watch. We do have to watch. Well, good that we brought it to the attention uh, of our I'm, listeners. I'm glad we did. Download that for sure. If you have kids uh, in school or if you just know kids in school um, or you're curious, download the brochure. It's eye-opening. All right, we have to call it quits right now. We're out of time, so let's end with our, uh, our prayer. And, and, and we really need this prayer to St. Michael. Ask him to help Every us with day. the school. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Well, for Gene Dineau and myself, thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Until then, have a blessed and peaceful week. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial, Thursdays at 10 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imaging Ingredients.